evidence and answers. The Bible predicts there will come a world leader that will rule the final empire before the return of Christ, the Antichrist. Who is this coming world leader? What will he do? And how will we recognize him? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Recently, questions regarding the Antichrist were addressed at the 2020 Evidence and Answers End Times Conference. Dr. Andrew Woods goes into great details. Now, here's part one of our first teaching on the Antichrist. Welcome to the Evidence and Answers End Times Conference. And you know, we're living in some unprecedented times. I think we all have that feeling about us. Election chaos in the United States, a rising tension in the Middle East, the return of Russia as a leading power in the United States, the rise of China, economic turmoil all around the world, and of course, the COVID crisis. That's an international pandemic around the world. And I think people, whether they say it or not, they've got this sense that we're headed towards some kind of apocalyptic or climactic end. You know, and it's interesting to note that in most of the world religions, they teach that there is some kind of cataclysmic apocalyptic end for mankind. And if you look at the movies in Hollywood today, you'll see that there are a lot that portray some kind of catastrophic end for mankind. But what does the future hold for mankind and what does the future hold for the United States? I mean, people have a lot of questions and the Bible gives us a glimpse and insight into God's future plan for mankind and this earth. And a lot of people have a lot of questions. And so that's why we put on this End Times Conference to address some of the most relevant issues that people are asking today. Is COVID crisis a mark that we're in the end times? Is it the judgment of God? What is the fate of America? Is America in Bible prophecy? Who is the Antichrist? Is he roaming around the earth now? What about what's going on in the Middle East and the Abraham Accords and the coming Middle East war and the rise of Islam? And so we're going to be addressing those issues today. And the first batter up to the plate here is Dr. Andy Woods. Dr. Andy Woods got his PhD from Dallas Theological Seminary. He is an author and speaker in this area of eschatology, senior pastor of Sugarland Bible Church, fantastic church if you're ever out there in the Houston area. Also, the president of Chafer Theological Seminary, fine seminary out there that we want to recommend to you. And so he is a fine speaker and an author. I'm sure he'll tell you about some of his books that he's written on this topic. So he's an author and scholar in the area of eschatology. And so we're happy uh, he's our guest here and he's going to be talking about who is the Antichrist. So we want to thank you for joining us from wherever you are, internationally from the Philippines. It's probably good morning out there. For those of you from the West Coast and California, uh, it's probably uh, good afternoon or good evening. And those of you in Hawaii, it's about lunchtime. So without any further ado, we want to welcome uh, Dr. Andy Woods. Welcome, Andy. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Hope you can hear me okay. Good to be here. All right, y'all. Well, hopefully you can hear me okay. It's good to be here. What I'd like to uh, do in this particular session is I would just like to ask and 
answer the question, uh, who is the coming world ruler? And so what I'd like to share with you really are 10 characteristics, if you will, of the coming world ruler. And when I mean the coming world ruler, I'm talking about the coming Antichrist. And it's sort of interesting that when you go to uh, websites or you Google the name Antichrist and you, you Google the name Donald Trump, it's sort of stunning to see how many people are online trying to argue that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. And let me kind of start with this quote here from Irenaeus, uh, who was a very early church father. And he writes this, he says, if it had been necessary to announce his name plainly, that would be the Antichrist. At the present time, it would have been spoken by him who saw the apocalypse. For it, that's the apocalypse, was seen not long ago, but almost in our own time at the end of the reign of Domitian. And it's interesting that Irenaeus is one generation removed from John. So the chain of custody goes from John, who wrote the Apocalypse, to a guy named Polycarp, early church father, and then to Irenaeus. So this is a very early writing. It goes back to about A.D., probably 180 or so. And Irenaeus here is basically saying, hey, stop guessing who the Antichrist is. (laughs) People were apparently doing it back in his day. If you were supposed to know who the Antichrist is, John would have given you his name. And something to keep in mind is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, which talks about a restrainer. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3 talks about a restrainer. Verses 6 and 7 talks about a restrainer after it mentions the lawless one, verse 3. And it talks there about how something is restraining the man of lawlessness. And it says there in verses 6 and 7, you know what restrains him now at this present time, then he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, except him who now restrains him will do so until he is taken out of the way. And I think that's why Irenaeus said, stop trying to guess who the Antichrist is. You can't know who the Antichrist is as long as the restrainer is in the earth. And sort of to make a long story short, I I think the restrainer is the work of the Holy Spirit through the church. So as long as the church is present, we actually cannot know who the Antichrist is. And so all of this sort of talk about, is it Donald Trump? Is it this person? Is it that person? That's sort of a waste of our time, because by divine design, we can't know who the Antichrist is until the restrainer is removed. In other words, we can't know who the Antichrist is until the church is removed from the earth uh, via the rapture. But at the same time, there is in the Bible an awful lot of information about the Antichrist. And so what I'd like to walk you through in this particular session are 10 characteristics of the coming Antichrist. And as we do this, I'll try to interact with the question why I don't think that the, the Antichrist, as many people apparently on the internet think, they think the Antichrist is Donald Trump. I'll try to show you why that is not the case from the biblical data that we have. And even let's assume hypothetically the Antichrist is Donald Trump, we still couldn't know who the Antichrist is as long as the restrainer is present. And so there are a lot of better things we can do with our time than trying to, you know, pin the tail on the Antichrist. 
But let me walk you through these 10 characteristics because one of these days the restrainer will be removed, the rapture of the church will have taken place, and the Bible does predict a man coming forward that the scripture refers to by many names, but one of his dominant names is the Antichrist. So when he comes, what is he going to be like? The first of 10 characteristics is, number one, he is going to be an individual. In other words, he's going to be a human being. And that's important because a lot of people think the Antichrist is simply a system, an impersonal religious system, and that's not what the Bible teaches. Yes, he will head up a religious system, but that system will be epitomized in an actual human being that was just as flesh and blood as was Jesus Christ when he was on the earth. So we have several scriptures to look at, and I'm kind of grabbing data for this from three areas of the Bible. One of them is Daniel 7. The second one area is 2 Thessalonians 2. And then the third area is Revelation chapter uh, 13. So we're sort of taking those areas, combining combining them all together, trying to get some biblical clarification on who this man is, this coming Antichrist. So number one, he is going to be a human being. And notice, if you will, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and notice, if you will, verse 3. It says, let no one deceive you in any way, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And then it says, and the man, that's the Greek word anthropos, the man of lawlessness is revealed. So notice that he is a man, according to what Paul writes here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. And he will be associated with a number. We're going to talk about that number a little bit later. But in Revelation 13, verse 18, it says, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. And it says, for the number is that of a man. That's our same Greek word, anthropos. And his number is 666. So very clearly, the Antichrist is an actual man. He is or will be when he shows up an actual human being. He's a human being with a soul. And we know that he has a soul because in Revelation 19 and verse 20, he will be thrown into the lake of fire. And a thousand years later, he will still be in the lake of fire when Satan joins him at the end of the millennial kingdom in Revelation 20, verse 10. It says, The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast, that's the Antichrist, and the false prophet are also. So notice that the beast or the Antichrist is still in the lake of fire a thousand years later after Jesus throws him in there when he returns in Revelation 19. So the Antichrist did not get annihilated. He did not self-destruct or destruct as a religious system would have because he has a soul. And that's our first characteristic of this coming Antichrist is he will be a human being. He will be a man. Number two, he will be a Gentile. He won't be Jewish. Notice Revelation 13, verse 1, John says, Then I saw a beast, that's the Antichrist, coming out of the sea. 
Now, what is the C in the book of Revelation? The C in the book of Revelation typically represents the great Gentile mass of humanity. Revelation 17, verse 15 says, The waters, or the sea, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Isaiah 57, verse 20 says, But the wicked, Gentiles, in other words, are like the tossing of the sea. So when it describes him coming out of the sea, it's describing someone coming out of the great mass of Gentile humanity, meaning the Antichrist will be a non-Jew, he will be a Gentile. And in the scripture, there are several prefigurements, if you will, of this coming Antichrist. One of them is Titus of Rome, Daniel 9 verse 26 Another one is a man named Antiochus Epiphanes, Daniel 11, verses 30 and 31. Those are clear prefigurements that the Holy Spirit has given us of this coming Antichrist. And we know that this coming Antichrist will be Gentile because all of the prefigurements of him were non-Jewish Gentiles. In fact, the Antichrist is actually going to end a period of time called the Times of the Gentiles. He will conclude that time period. It's a time period really spoken of by Daniel in Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7. And so since he ends that time period, it's very clear that the Antichrist himself will be a Gentile. Now his assistant, he will work with an assistant called the false prophet, You'll see the false prophet described beginning in Revelation 13, verse 11, going all the way through the end of the chapter. The false prophet, on the other hand, comes up out of the land or the earth. And that Greek word for earth or land is typically used to describe the land of Israel. And so I believe that the false prophet will be Jewish, but the Antichrist himself will be a Gentile. So he will, number one, be a Gentile. Number two, he will be a man, and let's move on to our third characteristic, if we could, of this coming Antichrist. Number three, he will be a, I believe, a European. Uh, He will be someone of Roman descent. And notice, if you will, Daniel chapter 9, and notice, if you will, verse 27. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 tells us what this coming one will do. It says, he will make a firm covenant with the many, that's Israel, for one week. And most people take that to be a reference to the work of the future Antichrist. And one of the great rules of grammar that you follow when you try to study the Scripture in its original languages is you try to ask yourself, well, who is the nearest antecedent? The nearest antecedent to a pronoun tells you what the pronoun is referring to. And when you back up into that passage and go back to Daniel 9, verse 26, which comes before Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, you see that the nearest antecedent is the prince who is to come, who will destroy the city and the sanctuary, which is a reference to what Titus of Rome did to the land of Israel, to the city of Jerusalem, and to the temple in the just a little after the time of Christ in A.D. Uh, 70. And so the nearest antecedent to this coming he is an individual named Titus of Rome, who was Roman and therefore Romish, 
and therefore European. And so it stands to reason that this coming Antichrist will also be uh, someone from Europe, someone arising out of the cultural inheritance of the ancient Roman Empire. And to my mind, that would negate Donald Trump being the Antichrist, because <laughs> last time I checked, Donald Trump is not a Roman European. But that's another characteristic of this coming Antichrist. The fourth characteristic I would share with you of this coming Antichrist is he will be a man of lawlessness. In fact, that's what the scripture refers to him as, the lawless one. Notice, if you will, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of perdition. And so there I have the Greek word in brackets for lawlessness. It's ah, which is a negation to namas, law, meaning against the law, or he, he will show no regard for the law. So anything that's legal, anything that God himself has ordained in terms of a law, he will try to erase. You have a similar description of him there in the book of Daniel, chapter 7 and verse 25, where it says he, that's the Antichrist, will make alterations in times and in law. So he will be a man of lawlessness where he will try to erase law, particularly Judeo Christian law, law coming from the Ten Commandments of God. And that's a great description of this coming man called the Antichrist. He will be lawless. He will negate the law. Now, again, let's apply that criterion to Donald Trump. Donald Trump in the last election cycle ran on law and order. That was one of his uh, campaign slogans, one of his great campaign themes. So how could Donald Trump be the Antichrist when Donald Trump is running on law and order, and we're specifically told that this coming Antichrist will be a man of lawlessness? So you notice what I'm doing. I'm just going through these 10 characteristics to give us a biblical understanding of the coming Antichrist and trying to sort of interact with the thesis that I think is mistaken that many people are advocating that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. Let me take you, if I could, to a fifth characteristic of this coming Antichrist. The Bible is very clear that the coming Antichrist will be a great persecutor of God's people. Notice, if you will, the book of Revelation, chapter 13, and notice, if you will, verse 7. It says of this coming Antichrist, it was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. You have the similar description in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 25, where it says of this coming Antichrist, he will speak out against the Most High. And it says there in Daniel 7, verse 25, he will wear down the saints of the highest one. So the Antichrist is someone that will persecute Christians. Uh, he will persecute God's people. Now, you'll notice that in these verses, Revelation 13, verse 7, and Daniel 7, verse 25, it specifically says that he will declare war on the saints. It never says he will declare war on the church, even though John 
in the first three chapters of the book of Revelation is very good at using the word church. It's the Greek word ekklesia. It's used about 19 times in the first three chapters. But you'll notice that John never uses the word church. Once you get into an actual description of the tribulation period, the word church is never used. Why is that? Well, we believe that the church will have been raptured into heaven and will escape this persecution of God's people that the Antichrist will unleash. You say, well, if the church is gone, who are these saints? Well, these are people that are converted in the tribulation period after the church age or the body of Christ is in heaven. Now, what's interesting is the word saints that's used here. Yes, sometimes the word saints describes the church, but the word saints has always been used as a description of God's people long before the church ever existed. So you'll notice here in Psalm 50 and verse 5, God's people are called saints. That's long before the church existed. And you'll notice in Psalm 149, verse 1, that God's people, again, are called saints. That's long before the church existed. And so the word saints in and of itself doesn't describe the church. And I think the saints being persecuted in Revelation 13 and Daniel 7 is not so much a description of the Antichrist persecuting the church, but persecuting converts after the church has already been removed from the earth via the rapture. Jesus made this interesting statement in Matthew 16, verse 18. He said, the gates of Hades concerning the church that he would build will not overpower the church. He said, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build. Notice the future tense there. So the church didn't exist at the time Christ made that statement. The church is actually something that would be birthed on the day of Pentecost. I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not uh, overpower it. So Christ made a very specific promise to the church that the church would not be overpowered, and yet Revelation 13 verse 7 describes the beast making war with the saints. Daniel 7 verse 25 describes the beast wearing down the saints and overpowering the saints. So I just have a difficult time believing that that's a description of the church when Jesus says the gates of Hades will not overpower the church. Now, again, let's compare this piece of criterion to Donald Trump. I mean, is that what Donald Trump is doing? Is he wearing down the saints? Is he persecuting the saints? No, on the contrary, at least in North America, he's given the, the saints or the church a reprieve. In fact, we just had a Supreme Court case that came out a week or two ago, giving the church freedom in the midst of all of these coronavirus regulations and knockdowns, and it was Donald Trump's appointees to the United States Supreme Court that rendered that decision. So again, the Antichrist, when he comes, will persecute the saints. It certainly doesn't sound like Donald Trump there. Let's go to a sixth uh, characteristic, if we could, of this coming Antichrist. Number six, the Antichrist, when he comes, will be a globalist. Another way of saying that is he will be a one-worlder. 
he will not be somebody who puts nation first. He will be someone who puts the concerns of the world first, above and beyond that of his individual nation. And you see a description of this in many passages. Daniel 7, verse 23, describes it that way. Revelation 13, verses 7 and 8, describes the globalist reach of the Antichrist that way, as does Revelation 17, verse 15. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran.